Lotte Johansson, Technical Area Manager at Fin.no, has a mission. She wants the web to be accessible for everyone. This is a deep dedication of hers and the work is truly important. If websites are not fully accessible, people with disabilities may not be able to find a new home or a new job. This is Shipstead Talks. Lotte, welcome to Shipstead Talks. Thank you. So you and me are going to talk about web accessibility. Can you explain more in detail what, what exactly is that? Well, it's mainly about uh, making the web accessible to everyone, no matter disability. So if you are blind, if you have dyslexia, if you don't hear well, or if you just don't want to disturb other people on the bus, then uh, you should be able to use the web just like everyone else. And uh, what makes it fun about web accessibility is that if you make your solutions accessible for people with disabilities, you will also make it better for everyone. So that's when I understood that, that's when it became really fun to work on it for me. So for example, if you write short and understandable sentences for people with cognition problems, then it will also be easier to read for people who are in a hurry or for young people who do five different things at the same time, for example. So you make it better for everyone. Web accessibility is part of Norwegian law. How how does that work? Yes, since uh, 2014, uh, all new Norwegian websites, they need to follow a legislation which says that uh, they all have to follow the web content accessibility guidelines, which is called WCAG. And uh, from this year, 2021, also old websites need to fulfill these uh, WCAG uh, guidelines. So those are requirements that tell us what's needed, for example, how good contrast you need. So there are different levels of these guidelines. You have the single A level, which is a basic level. And then you have the double A requirements, that is a good level. And then you have triple A requirements and they are expert levels. So the Norwegian legislation said that all Norwegian sites should at least fulfill the single and double A requirements of this WCAG uh, guidelines. And how do you make sure that Finn.no stays ahead of the development within this area? In Finn, we have an accessibility group that I started together with some fellow developers and designers in 2014 when this legislation came to Norway. So this accessibility group has the responsibility of spreading knowledge about accessibility in Finn. So we give talks internally and externally, and uh, we also mainly we give uh, workshops for all new employees in Finn. So uh, it's not enough that the five or six people in this accessibility group know about accessibility. Uh, we need to spread the knowledge to everyone because in Finn there are about 1,500 deployments every day to production. So more people need to be aware of accessibility to ensure that everything is accessible. And in this accessibility group, we also have a a blind person who is a developer. And it's really great to have him in the the group and in Finn as well, because both he can can find the issues, but he can also can solve these issues. So that's a win-win situation there. And uh, the last thing we do uh, about accessibility is that we have, uh, we run usability tests with people with uh, disabilities. And that's really interesting because uh, they find issues that are not 
specifically meant for people with disabilities. For example, uh, they we had a, a usability test for the Fin app, and then these people with disabilities they struggled to understand the wordings because we had uh, my ads, my searches, my favorites. We had a lot of different wordings for about the same. And that was really confusing for them. And that's not especially typical blind issue, <laughs> but they found it just faster than other people. And it was so clear that this is an issue we need to fix. And also I talked to a person who had autism once and uh, that's one of the most interesting conversations I had because uh, we had in Finn a bubble on a notification uh, that you need to reply to this uh, person to remove the notification bubble. And she didn't want to reply, but then she destroyed her whole week. She was thinking about it day and night that she did not reply to this person. And she was unsure if this person was angry with her because she had not replied. And that would just bother other people a little bit, but for her it was a big, big problem. So, so what was your solution then? Uh, well, we take we, it away. Yeah, you could remove the bubble if you didn't want to reply. <laughs> so, but these people they just put a magnifier on a problem, so it's it's easier to find them uh, a lot faster than other people do. So, I encourage all people to include people with disabilities when they do user tests. When you have tests or like workshop, do you, do you bring in people who have dis disabilities to test your website? Is is that how it works when you work with it? No, we we do the testing ourselves. So we learn how to test the website by acting like people who have disabilities. Is that the straw test? What's the straw test? Yes, that's one of the tests we have. That is, uh, you simulate that you have a tunnel vision. So uh, it's like looking through a straw, then you only see a little hole, but we, instead of using a real straw, we just look through the fist. So it's like a hole in the fist. And then you can look on your website. So you just see a small part of your website. If you have to move your, your arm a lot when you read back and forth, then you see if um, the content that should be together, if that's too far from each other, then that's not good. So the, the content that belongs to together should be close to each other. And then the content that is uh, not related can be further apart from each other. We discovered uh, <laughs> when we, one of our first tests using the straw test, we found that the, the real estate site on Finn, uh, they had the price label on the left side of the page and the real, this actual price was on the right side of the page. So when we did the straw test, we had to move a lot back and forth and it was hard to to, um, to understand. Well, you saw that that was too far from each other. So now instead we have it underneath each other. That's actually better for everyone. So that's the straw test. Do you have any other you know, tools to use? Yes. One of the easiest ones is just to use the keyboard navigation and uh, not using a mouse. So you should be able to uh, come into all all buttons and links and uh, everything, but just by using keyboard with the tab and uh, arrow keys. Uh, so that's the easiest uh, test. And then you have the straw test. And then we also have some simulation glasses so that you, um, you simulate that you have blurry vision. And then you should still be able to see 
to read everything and uh, yeah so then you see if the contrast is good enough and the fourth test we do which is the last one and the hardest but also the most fun one is to test using a screen reader so that's the uh, imitating you're a blind person and you have to read out loud everything that is on the on the website and this is perhaps then a dumb question for someone like you, but but if you are blind, how exactly do you use Finn.no? Yeah, so a blind person can actually use Finn uh, by using this screen reader. Uh, so then you everything is read out loud, uh, what is written on the website. So then it's very important that it's coded correctly so that a blind person is able to read all the information and click on all the buttons and links. Uh, and also to put real good information on what's on the images because they cannot see the images. So uh, if you don't put anything there, the screen reader will just read out the name and the name may be a long number. So that's kind of boring to read. So instead you have to include something called alt description. So it describes what's on the picture. Okay, let, let's listen to how it sounds. Article. Visited heading level 2 link Maserati Spider 4200 Cambia Corsa. Jetamuk toggle button has pop-up dialogue. Crocs to Delva. Blank 2002. Blank 69000 kilometers. Blank 570618KR. Blank Privat. Article end. Okay, interesting. So, so Lotta, I understand you have a deep dedication for this topic. What is it that makes this close to your heart? Well, it started in 2014 when I read in the news that uh, this new legislation was coming. It was written like it, this was catastrophe and for all businesses that had a website that it would be so expensive and everyone would need uh, new websites. So I asked in our communication channel in Finn what we were doing about it. And uh, at that time, very little was done. So I asked if someone wanted to join me to see if we could do something. Uh, so that was the start of the accessibility group in Finn. Uh, but then I think my manager at that time thought this would be an engagement for a little while, but it hasn't stopped. <laughs> I'm still into this after seven years because <laughs> I see it's uh, important. And I think it's important to spread the word that accessible solutions are better for everyone. So I started spreading the word by giving external talks in 2015. So that's when I had my first talk in Java Zone. And uh, then it has just become yeah. come more and more. And in 2017, we even won the Doga Innovation Award for Universal Design. Uh, so that was a big thing for us. <laughs> At one of the speeches you held, uh, you compared websites to, to staircases. Uh, what was the purpose with that comparison? Yes, you can create staircases and put on a terrible ramp that uh, say that it is accessible to a person in a wheelchair, for example. Uh, but the ramp may be dangerous uh, for this person in the wheelchair if it's too steep. And it might also look terrible. Uh, that's also how you can think about accessibility on websites. If you do it after you're done development, uh, then you think, oh, you should add something to make it accessible, then you might end up with a bad solution. But as for staircases, you can also create elegant solutions where you have ramps integrated in the stairs so that it works for both 
those who can walk and those who need a wheelchair. So then it's good for everyone. Also people with a stroller with a baby in it or a suitcase with wheels on it. They would choose the ramp, those people also, not only those who are in the wheelchair. So that's uh, a good thing. That's also how we want to think about accessibility. If you think about from the beginning and you include it in the main solution, then you can create elegant and really good solutions that are better for everyone. And, and this is what you call universal design. Did I understand it right? Right. So that's the difference between accessibility and universal design. Universal design is when you make accessibility as part of the main solution, not just something you add as an extra thing on it. So can you give me some great examples from Finn.nu when you, when you, when you really thought of right from the beginning? Yes, at least where we have thought of it. Um, so uh, in our communication, we we tested the my messages part where you communicate from the buyer and seller. We tested that with a screen reader first, and then we discovered that it was hard to understand which message was from whom and when it was sent. And then we looked at it and we saw that that's actually hard to see when you can see as well. So then we added extra name and uh, a picture for all messages uh, so that it became better for everyone. So everyone could see it better and it was easier to read it out loud. And uh, also this real estate example that I also told you about earlier, where we put the labels and the values closer to each other. So it was not written on each side of this uh, of the page. That made it better. And we have also included this favorite icon, uh, which is this heart that you can click on to uh, to put a, an ad to your favorites. Um, this has also is now uh, possible to reach from a screen reader and is possible to read just by tabbing. And that's faster for everyone. So a lot of working for Shipstead, a big company, uh, What's the pros and cons? Yes, now I've been a part of Shipstead and Finn for almost 13 years. So obviously there are mostly uh, pros. <laughs> uh, mainly I love working for a brand that everyone knows. If I go to a party, it's not that common now in the Corona times, but other times. <laughs> and I say that I work in Finn. Everyone's like, oh yeah, I bought this and that on Finn and they have this story. So it's always fun to talk about. And then there are lots of great people here and they take good care of their employees. Uh, Finn has been on top of the great place to work several times. And I've been a developer for 12 years, but then last year I've become a manager. So there are lots of possibilities. Uh, but if I should say some cons about it, it's uh, when it's a big company, sometimes things go a little slower than in small organizations. What could that be? I go slower. If you want something done, <laughs> it's not that you can just decide it and do it. You have to wait for some decisions here and there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then I also like learning about how it works. So I've been part of this uh, Shipstead uh, European Work Council for some years as an employee representative and also been employee representative in the Finn board. So I like I see that it's possible to to influence even if I'm a small person in a big company, <laughs> and I like that. Lotte, thank you so much for coming to Shipstead Talks. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. 
This podcast was brought to you by Shipstead Employee Branding Team. My name is Hugo Rienberg and producer was Jens Back.